At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular's single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us once again on the HHC as we prepare for Summer League. It kicks off later today. Looking forward to bringing you Hornets action as the uh, rookies and youngsters take on the Portland Trailblazers Summer League squad. We'll preview that one, give you our picks for who the starting five could be for this Summer League squad, and just review the importance of Summer League after a year not having it. What was the impact on last year's rookies and what will be the benefit of this year's? Helping me with all of these topics, my producer on the Hornets Radio Network, Rob Longo. You see his work all the time on Hornets.com, Sam Purley. And gentlemen, it's nice to have Summer League back. It shows that we're kind of getting back on track in terms of a normal schedule. I realize there's still things going on with COVID-19 and protocols and just general alarm over what has been going on nationally that we shouldn't entirely ignore that. But it is nice to see things at least starting to get back on track, the benefits for the young players and just the, the signs that we're heading in the right direction as a league, as a country and so on and so forth. Yeah, couldn't agree more. It is uh, it is a little weird because it's a different time of year. We're about a month ahead of where it was normally. So by the time summer league ends, it's just going to be about four to six, maybe six weeks or so until training camp. So kind of a crazy summer. But yeah, it's going to be great. I think it's going to be fun to see a lot of these Hornets guys get on the court the first time. The rookies, at least. A lot of the guys that were here last year didn't get to play so much, especially in summer league and then did a little bit of the G League and stuff. So I think it'll be really good. There's a nice combination of experience, youth, uh, a lot of intriguing players. So it should be really fun week for the Hornets out in Vegas. Rob, the focal point almost every year at Summer League for every team is the top pick in the draft. And I think this season is no exception. We are excited to see what James Booknight looks like 
on the professional floor and the professional game with playing against other pros. Similarly for Kai Jones, seeing him more of a focal point. I don't think that really changes one year to the next, even with the oddities that come after a year off. These are the two box office guys to steal a term from James Booknight. Well, they certainly are, but I'm also excited to see what some of these guys that didn't have a summer league last year. There's a big emphasis on Kai Jones coming into this season about how he hasn't played a lot of development organized basketball for a very long time and Nick Richards is kind of in the same boat and Nick Richards didn't really get a chance to play a whole lot last year unless it was in the G League bubble so you know the fact that they're able to get a little bit of extra playing time they've had what we would hope is a more normal offseason to get to this point so I think it's one of those things where you can kind of combine last year's rookie class and this year's rookie class in a whole sense but of course you know James Booknight and Kai Jones are the two main focal points along with JT Thor and Scotty Lewis as well. And Sam that's part of this is in the college game, they essentially gave players an extra year of eligibility saying we're, we're not going to count this against you it's up to you what you want to do and of course schools had to massage their rosters accordingly but they were not trying to penalize the players the pro game it's always going to be a, a little cutthroat in that regard but Mitch Kupchak has said it we've heard it across the league it was very unfair to last year's rookies who in most cases were drafted and then days later thrown into training camp and said okay sink or swim that's a tough position to be without summer league without training camp without a normal g league so it was unfair to the draft class of 2020 but now here again here is the opportunity for guys like grant riller and nick richards and vernon carey jr to show what they picked up from a year just being in the pro game even if the developmental part of it was not normal definitely not a normal situation i think you know when everything kind of shut down in march if you're someone like vernon carey projected first round pick was a top 10 high school player i mean all indications point and you don't even know what the next college season would look like in terms of playing time and you know how that would work i don't think any of these guys regrets going to the draft last year or declaring for the draft and i think originally maybe it was supposed to be in like they talked september october and they kind of had to move it a little bit further they wanted to get it away from the bubble down in Orlando so yeah you know unfair I think it's it's tough but I think you know the entire rookie class dealt with it and I think Vernon and Nick and Grant and you can even throw Nate Darling in there too I know he's not playing in summer league because of a injury but I think they got a lot out of last year even off not on the court necessarily going through the adversity being around the guys I mean I don't think last year was a complete throwaway there was a lot of kind of intangible stuff I think these guys picked up that I think now they can kind of complement with sort of the on-court stuff in a more normalized environment true true I think in normal circumstances when you take someone on more of a developmental track we think of developmental sometimes like minor league baseball, like, oh, they've got six years to figure it out in the minors before they really have to contribute. In the NBA, it's more like, hey, you get a year to two years to figure it out, and then we're going to start grading you more harshly. And it feels like with everything that went on last year, maybe that year doesn't count as harshly against them. Maybe it will. We'll see. We'll see two years from now. But as you pointed out, Nick Richards, Vernon Carey, Grant Riller, just being around the NBA team, having all those focuses, it, it was certainly going to be more than they would have gotten otherwise had they not entered the draft. The other class of players, I guess, you know, typically you see guys fill out a summer league roster who have been on summer league rosters before or played internationally. Joel Berry, sticks out to me in that regard. But another one is Arnoldus Kuboka, the former second-round pick of the Hornets. He has signed a two-way contract. He's coming stateside, and he is an intriguing guy because when he was drafted, he was super long, super lean, had a lot of traits that you like, but it was a draft and stash 
type of situation. Well, the stash part is over. Now he's coming stateside. It's going to be very interesting to see what he looks like physically. We haven't seen him here in the summer league setting for two years. I'm intrigued. I want to see what he looks like. I'm really intrigued. And this is kind of a little plug here, just sort of story on all this. I can confirm he does exist. We've seen him on the court and talked to him. So, you know, obviously when he came over that first summer league, things were moving really fast. I mean, the American game, kind of the cultural stuff, I think it was. And then he got a little bit better in 2019. He averaged around seven or eight points a game, looked a little bit more comfortable. Obviously, no summer league last year in his back. So he's played really, really well in Spain this past year. Liga ACB is a very, very tough league. And he shot almost 42% from three with entirely different rules and defenses and things like that. So it's really intriguing because this is the first guy really maybe ever the Hornets have had that they've drafted and stashed in his good enough within three years to say, okay, we're ready to see what you can do over here. This doesn't happen very often. Now, I'm not saying he's going to come over here and be Nikola Jokic or someone like that and just complete, you know, fingers crossed he does. But I think it's a huge testament to Mitch Kupchak identifying this talent, keeping tabs on him in Europe and a, and a testament to Kabolka. He's made the changes he's need to make. His shooting has gotten much better. His physicality has gotten much better. He's grown a lot. He's very big, like in terms of where he was, he's filled out a lot more. So there's a lot of guys I'm looking forward to seeing. He's another one just because his path has been so unique here that this could just hopefully maybe be another example of Mitch finding one of those diamonds in the rough in the second round in an entirely different circumstances compared to guys in the more traditional route. 23 years old, as you mentioned, physically, he looks a lot more ready to play, and uh, we'll get to see him here in Summer League. Speaking of which, first game is later on today. Charlotte taking on Portland in the Summer League out in Las Vegas, and uh, we've got a starting lineup to predict. It'll be our, our first look at one. Rob, you're on the clock when we come back. Starting five for the Charlotte Hornets Summer League team 2021. Our predictions next here on the HHC. Be sure to check out the Hornets Fan Shop at Spectrum Center. Now open Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Check out all the newest Hornets gear or grab a new pair of J's. It's an easy trip on the light rail. Or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 at HornetsFanshop.com. Sam Farber, Sam Purley, and Rob Longo here with you on the Hornets Hivecast, getting you ready for the kickoff to Summer League action later on today. I guess it depends on when you're listening to this podcast, but it does kick off today, Sunday, as the Hornets take on Portland. One thing I want to cover real quick, we are not ignoring the fact that free agency has taken place. You know, last week we had our introductions to all the rookies. Now we're focused more on Summer League. You know, one of the perils of podcasting, Rob, Sam, I think you both know about this, as soon as you put it out there, you are at risk of some piece of news breaking and blowing everything up. We want to look at free agency in its totality. We want to talk to these players individually. The fact that I am in Las Vegas and the some of these guys are not, makes it difficult to do that. So we will address everything in free agency at some point down the line and do our best to introduce you to the newest members of the Hornets roster. But I don't want anyone to think, oh, they're they're only doing rookies. They're not addressing free agency. We just don't want to give you a podcast that's dead on arrival in terms of its uh, relevancy. I mean, that's, that's kind of the news cycle we live in today. 24 hours, not even 24 hours anymore. It's 10 minutes, boom, bang, you're done. So I can't tell you, Sam, how many podcasts I've listened to in the last two weeks was like well that's old that's old not relevant to us anymore yeah well you put it perfectly and then hopefully we don't have a situation where we're calling you're calling me at 10 o'clock at night we got to record something got to do it over again because this change or this happens so as much as it's a treat to hear from you at all hours of the day but that is perfectly explained yeah don't don't you worry because it's going to be 10 o'clock in las vegas because it's one o'clock for you yeah i'll be full full blown asleep at that point but yeah you said it perfectly you know it's a fast it's what makes the league this part of the year kind of exciting as things change kind of quickly but you know when all the dust settles we'll be there to paint 
the picture for everybody. Plenty of time to uh, sort the big club roster out. Speaking of sorting out rosters, it's time to sort out our starting five. We have not been given anything from Summer League head coach Dutch Gately. At least I have not been given anything. I don't know if anyone else here is cheating. But this is just our general predictions. This is not meant to say so-and-so is better than so. This this is a fun look at the roster, look at the draft capital put into these players, where they are developmentally, and saying, this is what I think the starting five will be, or closing five, or what it, whatever it is. This is the five that I think will be out there. Rob, I think I've given you plenty of time. Who is your starting five for the Hornets' summer league I, roster? I still don't know. Oh, but, on. I mean, if I had to guess, I mean, at the one you're probably looking at, maybe Grant Rillard, because, I mean, I would like to have James Booknight at the one just to see what he could do in a point guard position, but I think when the season rolls around, he's probably going to be in more of that two-guard spot, so I don't know if there's much value in putting him at the one in summer league as a kind of a you know set-up-to-fail sort of situation, but he could be at the one, so could Grant Riller. At the two, Scotty Lewis probably. At the three, it's either probably going to be Leanne. Angelo Ball or Arnoldus Kobolka, maybe? I don't know. Maybe You've listed Arnie. like eight guys I, I for know, the starting just, lineup already. I told you I didn't know. Well, I told you, got, you I didn't know. Well, then what are we doing this exercise? You have to <sighs> pick right, fine, five. Fine. All right. <laughs> Book Knight at the one. Lewis at the two. Jello at the three. Kai Jones, four. Vernon Carey at the five. Boom, bang. I'm done. Good night. There you go. He's got Book Knight, Lewis, Ball, Carey, Jones. That's your I five. had Kai at the four and Vernon at the Sorry, five. But flip, they're flip inter- the four and five. interchangeable. Okay. Sam Purley. So I'll preface this that... Obviously, even what we say, but let alone, I think the starting lineups can fluctuate a lot in Vegas. There's, this is the time for experimentation, trying things new. It's a low-stakes environment. Obviously, you're trying to win, but you want to see what guys can do. If any starting five yeah. over the next week and a half is it's not player for player what, yeah. what we do, that's a win. <laughs> yeah. So we could all be correct. Yeah, and we've, I remember a couple years ago, I don't necessarily know if it applies to this year's squad, but we had games in 2019 where guys that had been on the team for two years already, Dwayne Bacon at the time, maybe Miles, like they sat out a game completely just for just to see what the younger guys could do in different roles and elevated roles so I think this year I kind of just lean towards familiarity I think guys that have been through the system that have been here before or been on the swarm before I think they're just going to get kind of get the nod over if it's close between positions I would kind of lean towards Grant Rilla running the point he's been here a year he was with the swarm put book night at the two Xavier Sneed I think is another one on that side of familiarity I think he's kind of one of the only really experienced threes former Kansas State forward he was in training camp last year with Hornets and he was also in the Greensboro Swarm so he's back again obviously has a little familiarity at the four I think you go Kai Jones I think that's where Kabolka will he said primarily that he has started as a three in the last couple years in Spain he's moved to the four so he's kind of primarily a stretch four at this point and then at the five some combination of Nick and Vernon maybe you rotate based on matchup so you also um, won with eight players in this yeah, well, well, you just said uh, so if we pick here. five, you know, we pick any starting five, then we're going to be it's a win. So my no, well I said I said but if I mentioned the, if backups the group, too. I said if the group we lay out is the matched lineup to any starting lineup in Vegas, that doesn't mean you get to pick. It's eight like Texas Hold'em. Here's how here's I'll put Portland. This is my prediction to go: Riller, Book Knight, Sneed, Jones, Richards. Okay, there's I think would be my five. And I think there's a lot of interchangeability in that, but that would be kind of the five. And again, a lot of mine is just kind of leaning on guys that have been through the system, the familiarity. It's important to have guys out there that kind of can, you know, take that leadership role and that experience and kind of impart it on the guys that haven't been there before. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. I, my starting five, I, I am in agreement with you, Sam. I think Grant Riller, and I think he is really a huge benefit to this team because, you know, for him personally, as one of those second round picks from last year who did not have the benefit of Summer League, this is a big year for him to, to show what he can do, show what he picked up. And he was already an older player coming out of the draft, having played four years of college at uh, Charleston. So he's got a lot of experience and a lot of scoring ability. So I, I'm intrigued, excited to see what he can do do out there on the floor, um, but in addition, using some of that wisdom, having been through the league at least one year, and imparting that as the the point guard, the leader of the offense. Two guard, no question, I think it's James Booknight. Excited, really excited to see what he can do in a role that maybe he might be asked to play for the Hornets, depending on how things shake out, how injuries and otherwise. You never know when you need someone to step in and be the starting two guard. We learned that lesson all throughout last season with all the injuries, so it'll be good to see James Booknight out there, see what he can do against other professionals. At the three, I'm going to go with Arnie Koboka. I know that he is six foot ten. I understand that he kind of fits maybe more, or he seems to fit more into the stretch four role, but he's got forward skills. I think that there is not another clear fit. I like the Leangelo ball pick as well. I like Xavier Sneed as well. Both of them fit in, but I think Kulboka does too. And the fact that he signed a two-way contract, I think that that draft capital has been invested from a couple of years ago and now the two-way contract. I'd be intrigued to see him. So I'm going to say he's going at small forward, then Kai Jones at the four. I think that makes total sense. And I agree with you. You can maybe flip a coin between Kerry and Richards. Unfortunately, you know, we are still under the same protocol, so we have not had the chance to see practice, see you know who's in what rotation. I will throw Kerry out there since he had that one big game against Brooklyn, but that is not trying to push one ahead of the other. If Richards was out there as the starter, I would not be surprised, but I'll pick Kerry. So I'm going with the super tall lineup. Three players, 6'10 or taller, and with Riller, Booknight, combined with Kuboka, Jones, and Kerry. Yeah, and I like Rob's point too. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for James Booknight to do some ball handling. I think that's been one of his priorities he mentioned during media day in the draft is he wants to be more of a facilitator and a playmaker in kind of helping his teammates a little bit more. I don't think he necessarily was able to do that at Connecticut just because he was the go-to guy. He had to score. He was the one that needed to put the points on the board in order for his team to win. This, he's got a little bit more talent. He's got a lot more talent around him, which was obviously going to get more to the NBA. So I think it'll be cool to see James not only operate off the ball, but to see what he can do on the ball in kind of a you know sort of trial-like experimentation environment. One last player to throw out there, I mentioned him once before, but Barry, the former champion at North Carolina, I think he, kind of like Riller, there will be a lot of benefit to this young roster to having two point guards who have some professional experience, played at a high level in college with Riller being one of the all-time scoring leaders for his school, Barry being a national champion with the Tar Heels. I think they're going to bring a lot and should help Kai Jones and Vernon Carey and Nick Richards, this young group of bigs, be in good positions getting the basketball, be in good positions when they're trying to make their first rookie league or whatever you want to call it in the case of Richards and Carey. But I think they'll all benefit from having two experienced point guards there helping run the show. All right, getting ready here for game one of Summer League. We're going to talk intriguing matchups. Hornets are scheduled to play Portland today. Also have matchups with Sacramento, San Antonio, and Toronto. Our most intriguing matchups of Summer League next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, the buzz is building. For season ticket packages for the 2021-2022 season, call 704-HORNETS or visit hornets.com to chat live with a season ticket representative. 
Lock in your price today. Sam Farber, Rob Longo, Sam Hurley here with you on the HHC as we prepare for Game 1 of Summer League. And uh, just some bookkeeping for all of you if you're making your schedules, when to tune into the HHC. We're not going to do a preview for each and every game. Quite honestly, I think it might start to get a little redundant, but we will be doing post-game breakdown. So anytime there is a Summer League game, tune in the next day and we'll give you the opinions on what took place out in Las Vegas. That means there's a podcast tomorrow. We'll be breaking down Game 1 of Summer League, how the Hornets looked against Portland. All right, time to go through our most intriguing matchups, and this time we'll start with Sam Purley. You've got the Trailblazers, Sacramento, San Antonio, and Toronto. If you want to stay away from Portland because we'll do a brief preview later on, that's fine. But your most intriguing matchup, game you're most excited to watch for the Hornets in Summer League on the schedule. I was going to go with Portland, but I guess I'll change it up now. I think San Antonio is an interesting one just because I think they do. Obviously, they've got a really great track record of bringing in young talent and and finding guys. It feels like San Antonio is a team the Hornets kind of regularly play in summer league. And obviously, you've got the James Borrego connection. I believe Dutch Gately also worked there as well. So they've got some good talent. I'm interested to see, you know, they took a big swing on Josh Primo in the lottery, who I think kind of surprised a lot of people. Maybe they know something. Track record seems to indicate that they know something that people don't. So I think that's always a good one. They're Obviously, the system there is very, very well constructed for the last 15 or 20 years, I think. And they're a team that, or at least an organization on the NBA level, they do a good job of getting the most out of you if you want to beat them. So I think that's a good one. I think I like, I'm curious to see what the San Antonio game is like, other than the Portland as well. I'll take the bait. I'll do the Portland game just because for, I know, I know I'm that person, but the thing that just intrigues me with Portland, and we'll probably get to this in a few minutes, is just the fact that they're so old. Like you look at the roster, Michael Beasley is on there. You also have Kenneth Free, just some people that you're like, they're kind of forgotten names almost in a sense. So we were joking before we started recording this podcast, they're probably the oldest median age of a summer league team in the history of the summer league so the thing that sticks out to me though is that you know you have a lot of these young guys for the Hornets obviously going against these guys that are more or less veterans so you know I just don't want to see them in the first game in summer league if something goes sideways they get discouraged and something goes wrong and then the confidence just kind of takes a hit because you know you got to pick yourself up the next day and play again so I mean that's the thing that I'm looking towards is just trying to make sure that Dutch Gately and the rest of the coaching staff make sure that the Hornets have a level head in case anything happens. Neither of you did your homework and helped me out at all. We're supposed to stay away from Portland. Uh, my most intriguing matchup is the Toronto Raptors. They've got Scotty Barnes, their lottery pick, kind of a point forward. I think he's someone that a lot of different players on this roster, in some way, shape, or form, are going to have to defend. And so I think that makes it intriguing. You know, how quickly does Kai Jones and the two young centers, how quickly have they picked up some of the defensive concepts to handle an elite driver of the basketball? If he's got the ball in his hands and there's a a switch, how does James Booknight or a Grant Riller, for that matter, handle a much bigger player out on the perimeter with the skill set that he has? You know, him in particular is intriguing to me to see how this group of rookies handles him. And, And again, Summer League tends to be a rookie showcase. Usually, a lot of the headlines are about the top overall picks. And so, amongst all the teams the Hornets are going to play, Scotty Barnes is probably the player who will have the most general national media attention on him. It's later in the schedule as well for the Hornets. So, I'll, I'll be interested to see how they fare against Toronto in a week's time out in Las Vegas. In terms of today's game, they are taking on Portland. Rob, you kind of touched on it. It's a very old Blazers roster. They have three players on their team 
team that were already NBA all-rookie selections. You've got Emmanuel Moutier, who was all-rookie with Denver, I think, in 2016. He's a guy I'll be interested to see. Very experienced guard, bigger point guard. So this is a, a you know a tougher cover or an interesting cover, at least, for a James Booknight potentially. So I'll be interested to see how they handle him. Kenneth Fareed was all-rookie team in 2012. Michael Beasley was all-rookie in 2009. JT Thor was six. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I take offense. At least I didn't default and pick the Blazers. I went a little outside the box and went with the Spurs. But yeah, it is. It's fascinating. You look at this lineup and you're like, okay, what is going on here? And like, as soon as you kind of get over sort of the shock value of seeing Michael Beasley and guys like that, but this is a really good opportunity for some of these young guys. I know we kind of make, I mean, Michael Beasley can still play. Maybe not necessarily at the level he was in his prime in the NBA, but he was playing in China. I think Kenneth Fareed was in China. I mean, these guys are still very high level players overseas that could be all stars in the EuroLeague. And if there was an opportunity, could contribute in an NBA rotation right now. So for someone like Kai Jones or you know, James Booknight to go up against one of these guys or one of these young guys, you know, I think they all three of those Portland guys were lottery picks at one point for Vernon Carrier, Nick Richards to go up against somebody like Kenneth Fareed, who's been through the league and is looking probably to get back to the league. I think this is a really great, intriguing opportunity for, for these young guys to go against some really physically developed, older, experienced vets that are not going to go into summer league and let you know 19 and 20 year old rookies push them around for sure it does present some interesting opportunities you normally you are looking at summer league rosters where most players are generally the same age maybe there's a couple outliers here and there but most guys are generally the same age and for the rookies it's their first time playing on this level of a talented team but this is a little different now blazers do have some young guys that like cj ellaby who's you know been in the league for a year be interesting to see them going up against him how his development has taken place but again in general I think as you said Sam this will be a opportunity right off the bat to see how some of these rookies some of these second year now players who are more on the developmental track how do they match up physically with a Beasley a Fareed a Moutier who certainly know at this point how to play in the NBA well, they also have Kobe Simmons, too, who was on the Greensboro Swarm this past year and played really well for them. So there is some familiarity there as well. It's just one of those things where, like I mentioned earlier, I mean, don't get too far ahead of yourself, more or less. When you're coming in and you're a rookie, you're thinking you're going up against other rookies. Sometimes, like this Portland game, it's just not the case. So, you know, just kind of keep everything in stride, play within yourselves. And just kind of go from there and see what happens. Again, it's summer league. It's four games. It's more just to get out there, work out the kinks, get ready for summer camp, and get ready for the regular season. So we can break this down till the cows come home. But at the end of the day, it's four games. It's an expedited game. I mean, there's only 10-minute quarters. It's a chance to get some work in. It's a chance to get some work in. And you just got to look at it and put it in the realization sometimes and say, hey, this is all it is. Work starts today for the Hornets in Summer League. They'll take on the Portland Trailblazers. Tip is set for 6 p.m. Eastern. It's a little bit of a fluctuating schedule because you got to wait for the other game to be over first. So, you know, we will go on air via the Hornets app and Hornets.com starting at 6. Yeah, 6 o'clock. Programming note, though, we are limited to where we can broadcast to, so it's only in market. If you're within a 75-mile radius of Charlotte, you'll be able to listen. If not, I apologize, but the game is on MPA TV, so you can tune in there. And, you just won't get to hear me and Sam. And we will, of course, have highlights throughout Hornets social media and Hornets.com throughout this game and through throughout the week. So uh, looking forward to an exciting summer league. It's finally back, guys. We made it, and hopefully this means that we'll be able to continue through this season and all others back to normal. I think, you know, more than anything, trying to keep everything in perspective 
finally we're starting to get back to normal. It's been a long time, but here we are. Thanks to Sam Perley and Rob Longo for joining me here today. Thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. Till next time, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along, and we'll talk to you tomorrow, breaking down game one of Summer League on the Hornets Hivecast. Thanks for listening to the Hornets Hivecast. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.